All right, so listen, we're going to go ahead and jump into our, 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 our sermon for the day, um, our message for the day. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how I end up starting off with music stuff every time uh, when, I, when, I, when I preach, but I'm, let me just go ahead and do it. All right, so how many of y'all in here are Prince fans? Prince. All right. And I was like, Prince? What kind of Prince? A king? No, Prince. Prince. Uh, Prince, the, the artist. Purple Rain Prince, that dude with the motorcycle Got to water heels and blouse sometime. Y'all know he allegedly could um, play basketball really well and make pancakes, you know. That prince, all right? So anyway, you know, like, what, what does this got to do? I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Prince was very particular about his music. In fact, you know, he passed away in 2016. But up until that point, you couldn't, like, stream any of his music. It was hard to find it on YouTube. You know, you had to purchase it. Um, he didn't like the streaming services or anything of that nature. He's always been very particular about his music, who can get it, um, who can even use it. And in the 90s, in the 90s, rappers were sampling a lot of music, all right? Um, and, and when they were sampling this music, um, Prince definitely didn't hardly let any rapper sample his music, but he let this one rapper that he built a relationship with sample one of his songs. Anybody know who that rapper was? Let me give you a hint. He could jump out of an airplane and he could parachute probably all the way down because his pants were so big. And then when he hit the ground, he'll start doing the typewriter. All right. MC Hammer. All right. You can't touch this. That dude. Yes. MC Hammer let him sample when the doves cry. OK. And it's really because of the song that he did. It was a song called Pray. We got to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. I don't know if y'all remember that song. But anyway. It's a song that came out a long time ago just about praying. Because here's the thing. Even Prince, who did not let any rapper, and actually MC Hammer says, you know, this is, he's the only rapper that ever was able to, that Prince actually said, yes, you can sample my song. Um, because it was about prayer. I don't, I, I don't meet too many people that actually reject being prayed for. In fact, when I, you know, I remember being in college, um, and shout out to all the college students and the college students here College students in the house, you know, I praise God for the college campus ministry that I was a part of. It was very formative in my life. But I remember one of the ways that we effectively, evangelistically were able to reach some people is during exam time, we would do exam prayer. You know, we just say, hey, exam prayer. Sign that said exam prayer. People were like, yeah, I, please pray for me in my exam. We, and that's what we would do. We would just... Hey, lay hands on them. We pray for you because we want you to do well. God actually wants you to do well. I need you to do well. When you do well in your, in your studies, it makes the world a better place for everybody. So I don't, we didn't mind praying for that. But people don't, don't mind receiving prayers from people. The problem is most of us struggle with actually practicing prayer itself, right? You know, just think about the last person that prayed for you. The last person that you remember praying for you, do you think that was something that they just randomly do, or do you think it's probably a practice of theirs? Um, just some questions for you to ask yourself before we get into this. When was the last time you prayed out loud for someone? Well, um, are you the kind of person that when you're asked to pray, that you, you shy away and you kind of like, oh, I don't know if I, I really want to do that? Well, here's the good news. Like today, I think God has something he wants to say to you today. I really do believe that. How often do you practice prayer? And I'm not just talking about blessing the food, all right? How many of y'all are those people, because, you know, especially if you're a believer in here, and especially me since I'm a pastor, whenever it's time to bless the food, they always be like, uh, Chris, can you pray for the food? You know, you know, if you're that person in your family, 
right? Uh, and how many of y'all hate those long prayers over your food, by the way? Like when somebody do that long prayer over your food, you're like, man, I, I like to mess with people when they ask me to do a prayer over the food because I'll be like, all right, or something down, but like, all right, here we go. Lord, bless the food in Jesus' name. Then I walk off. And they think I'm getting ready to go, go deep. No, listen, when people are hungry, the last thing you need to do is try to do this deep prayer. All that stomach is growling. I saw something on YouTube where this brother, they, they, the prayer got to be so long, he literally just passed. He fell out, passed out. Boom! In the middle of the floor, he's like, listen, there's a time to pray for people. When they're hungry, it's not that time, all right? We're going to give it to them at some other point. Um, the, the point being, though, is that there are people um, that, that are in our lives um, they definitely need to be prayed for, but I want us to be the kind of people that we're practicing this and we're using it the way that God used it. Um, so listen, our final message is the practice of prayer. We're going to be in Matthew 6, 5 through 13. You can go to that, but hold, because before we get there, we got some other things that we're going to do. Um, this is what's going to happen today. I'm actually just, this is a very, very practical sermon. I'm going to give you like six different things that you can do, okay? Now, here's the thing. I realize where we are, okay? And I, if you can do one of these real well, I'm excited. The goal today is to take one step. Some of y'all might better do two or three or whatever, but the goal is just to take one step today and moving in this direction where you're communing with God. Amen? All right? I just want you to do it. See, prayer is a spiritual discipline, okay? This is what this means. Prayer is only activated when you do it. It's something that you got to do. There are many spiritual disciplines that's out there, and we're actually going to, some of them are going to coincide with prayer, right? Like fasting. Fasting and prayer is one. Solitude, worship, service, celebration, confession. All these are spiritual disciplines. I could go on and name any more, many more. But the whole point of a spiritual discipline is this, is to help you practice what you preach. All right? It's what keeps us off the hypocrite list as Christians. It's not just our orthodoxy, it's our orthopraxy. It's not just what you believe, it's what you practice, all right? That's what we want to do. And in fact, I love how in Hebrews 5, Hebrews 5, I'm going to, we're going to look at a passage in Hebrews 5, because basically in Hebrews 5, the pastor of this church, of, you know, this church, this, or some people that, um, some Jewish people, um, he's painting this beautiful picture all through Hebrews, all right, of, of who Jesus is, how Jesus is, is, is his supremacy and how he's greater than the angels and how he's even greater than Moses. And he starts to talk about Melchizedek, this high priest, and he talks about this. And then this preacher in Hebrews 5, we're going to jump in at verse 11, he, he has to stop. So he, he's, he's expounding, he's painting this beautiful picture of who Jesus is, and then he stops and he says this. He says, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. Basically, he's like, our congregation, I, I, we, we, we've become a little bit lazy and we've become stunted in our growth. I don't know about you, but do, do some of y'all, do, do you feel that a little bit? Do, have you grown stunted in, in, in your growth with Jesus? Is, are, you, are, you, are you still growing in your knowledge of him and understanding how, he, how majestic he is and, and who he really is? Look at verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. Listen, one of the ways you know something, and anybody in here that's a school teacher, you know that you know you're doing a good job teaching when you can have those students that are in elementary, middle, or high school 
teach what you taught them to other students. Actually, that was Jesus' plan. He wanted all of us to be disciple makers. He said, listen, I, teach them what I taught you. That's, what, that, that's for all people. So this, this teachers right here is basically, you know, is, it means disciple makers. This is what he's saying that you should do. He said, um, you need someone to teach you again, uh-oh, the basic principles of the oracles of God. He said, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Now, most of the time, children, um, when you use that analogy, it's a positive example. This time it's not because it's talking about growth. When you talk about growth, that, that's not what a child is. A child is someone that is smaller, that is, that is immature, that is learning. He's saying, look, hey, I, this, this is what blew my mind when I read this. He's actually suggesting that spiritually speaking, we can actually do this thing called reverse matriculation. So instead of you, you know, you were in 12th grade, but now you're going to drop back down to fourth grade. This is what he's saying right here. In verse 14, it says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have powers of discernment. Here we go. How? Trained by what? Constant practice. Constant. The mature people are the people that are constantly practicing what they believe. The mature people are the people that are constantly praying, right, in this case, to distinguish good from evil. Good from evil. Super Bowl is coming up next week. All right, I don't know who you got. I don't know, you know, somehow uh, Tom Brady seems like he just keep making it in the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think he ages. I don't know what he's drinking. I don't know what, what he got. I don't know what it is. But that brother's there every time, and um, you got two great quarterbacks, um, in this Super Bowl, some people say it's the young goat and, and, the, and the, the new goat and the old goat. All right. That's what some people are saying. But I heard this famous football player say this. It was a receiver. He said, for every pass I caught in the game, I caught 1,000 in practice. For every pass I caught in the game, I caught 1,000 in practice. And y'all know in practice, you know, you drop the ball sometimes, right? Sometimes you drop the ball, but that's how you get better at it is, you got to learn how to practice. And, I, and, I, and, I, and as I was thinking through this, I was like, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for undermining the practical part of what we do um, for being sound theologically. See, we, that, that's, that's what it means to drop the ball. When is, when, listen, yes, you need to engage God with your mind, yes. But if you only engage God with your mind, you're dropping the ball practically. Like, for example, like, you know, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors. Y'all say, hey, man, Pastor Chris, I do love my neighbors. How have you practiced loving your neighbors? Have you prayed for them? That, that's what it means to, to, to practice love. Ha, have they ever heard you pray for them? Okay, because, like, again, that's just like that if you would equate practice to what you do in your prayer closet, right, but the game, life, the game, life, is them hearing you pray out loud. If you pray for them a thousand times in the prayer closet so that you can have that one time to pray for them publicly. See, I sincerely believe this church that when we practice this, it will make us better. It'll make us better for ourselves. It'll make us better for our neighbors, better for our city. But most importantly, it'll draw us closer to the will and the heart of God. So let's jump into the main text for today. Um, and I chose this text because I believe that Jesus 
is giving his disciples who are early on in their followership of Jesus, okay, um, a template, a simple template for how to pray. So let, we're going to read this and then we're going to make some applications, all right? Verse 5, Matthew 6, here we go. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. Comes from man only. But when you pray, go into your, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. He said, pray then like this. So this is a way, a way to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And some texts end with saying, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. See, Jesus said, pray like this. In other words, you don't have to pray exactly like this, but here's a template for how you should communicate, how you should commune, how you're going to experience the presence, how you're going to experience the power of God, which means that we should take some notes on how this is modeled. And some of y'all are like, I've read this before, you know, in some churches, some people grew up and they, you know, you guys, you know, we, 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 we told people to memorize this prayer um, and we did that. But here's the reason why, y'all, Jesus modeled prayer. Now, just that in itself should be convincing enough. Not, not that a pastor's up here saying, here's six practical things that you should preach. The fact that Jesus himself, a perfect man, a, 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 a savior of the whole entire world, a man that gave everything, every ounce of himself to us, this is how he modeled it. Jesus, listen, before Jesus made important decisions, like before he started his three-year ministry, before he called his disciples, during his baptism, Jesus prayed. Sometimes Jesus prayed alone. Sometimes Jesus prayed in the morning. Sometimes Jesus prayed at night. Before Jesus did miracles, before he healed people, he prayed. Then there were times after he healed people and did miracles, he was caught praying. Um, Jesus prayed for his disciples. He, he prayed, for one of, prayed before one of his disciples betrayed him, Judas. And he prayed for the disciple that would deny him, Peter. He prayed, Peter, I pray that when you get, back, get this back together, because the enemy wants to sift you as wheat, that you'll strengthen your brothers. This, this is the kind of things. John chapter 17, just jot that down. That whole entire chapter is one of Jesus' prayers. Take a look at that. Jesus even prayed when he was in the, on the cross, in the most pain that he ever would experience. He was on the cross, and guess who he prayed for? He prayed for us. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. His last words before he passed away was a prayer. Father, Father, into, into your hands I commit my spirit. Even after Jesus resurrected 
from the grave. After three days, he came back, spent 40 days on earth. He prayed for and with his disciples then. So when we make these applications today, I want you to keep in mind that this is actually some of the things that Jesus himself modeled. All right? So here's the first one. First one is this. Number one, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You can find that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. You can just jot that down. Um, I'm not going to read that verbatim today, but I, I want you to go back to that and check that out. See, see, notice that Jesus said in verse 5 here, he said, when you pray, not if you pray. So that means he's, he's saying, if you're my disciple, that this is part of your life. This is what you're going to do. He said, when you pray, all right? So here's the thing. When we say pray without ceasing, that means like we're talking about praying all the time, right? The reason why we say that is this. If prayer is a sign of dependency on God, right? If it's a sign of dependency on God and it means communing with God, when should you ever stop depending on God and stop communing with God? When? When, when should you stop doing that? When is a, a good time like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to depend on God right now, right? You know what? Mm, I, don't think I, I, I don't think I need to, to, to acknowledge that he's ever present and that he's all powerful in this situation. No. See, if you skip down to verse 11, it says, Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is saying, when you pray to God, he's saying, expect God to do something for you daily. Expect God to be your daily sustenance, daily dependence on God. You know, we talk about, you hear me talk about rap music a lot. We talk about country music for a second. Any country music fans in the house? All right. So um, back in 1981, there was an album called Songs. <laughs> I love this name of this album. Songs for the Mama That Tried. All right. So that was the name of the album. That, you know what? You know you put your mama through some stuff if you had to write a whole album called Songs for a Mama That Tried. All right. It's about his brother named Merle Haggard. All right. He had this song called One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus. One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus. That's all that I'm asking of you. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. I'm like, preach Merle Haggard. No, you got to be country if your name is Merle, all right? All right? So basically, in this song, what, what I love, and I mean, even in the, in the title of the album, is letting you know that, like, I'm going through some hard things. I'm going through some stuff that's crazy every day. I don't know about you, but this COVID thing, I'm just like, ah, every day. It's like, Lord, we're depending on you. We're depending on you. We're getting news every day. And even if it's not COVID, it's something. It's cancer, right? It's divorce. It's some news that we're, that we're getting, and the thing is, like, are we depending on God? Are we praying without ceasing? And what Jesus is doing in his prayer, he's actually teaching us how to approach God and how to commune with him. So you almost see this level of adoration that's in there. You see this, this level of confession that's kind of in his prayer. You see this thanksgiving that, that, that's there. And then you see the ask that's being made, this, this supplication that's being made. Now, to be honest, this is probably the, the, the form of prayer that I probably use the most, all right? In fact, let me, let me, let me just show you a pic right here, because here are a lot of different ways that, that people pray um, right here on, on, this, on this card. I'm not going to go through all of them, but, but Acts is one that I use quite a bit myself. 
And, and, it, and it's really just to remind me how to approach God. Like, I need to acknowledge and adore who God is when you see the one that's Acts. I go in a lot of times knowing I need to confess some things to the Lord, um, you know, um, and then I, I need to remember, I need to thank God um, for what he's done in the past, and then I make my ask. Now, look, it might not work. It, sometimes you just go straight asking. I understand. It depends on what's going on. But you should consider these things. There's another one up there called pray. You see that one, for example. Praise, repent, ask, yield. There's so many different ones. And if you look at the bottom of that card, there's actually, you see those five fingers that's down there um, yeah, on the hand? What I love about this, because this is something that's very practical, this is something that we actually, that I practice with my kids. I've, I've done it ever since they, they were little, and I still even do it now when I drive them to school. On our way to school, we, we often, we pray for people, all right? And I often tell them, you know, you know as you see on that hand, you kind of got like, uh, what, family and friends, teachers, leaders, sick and the poor, then yourself. A lot of times we just pray for ourselves most of the time. And I'm like, on Fridays, that's when we used to kind of pray for ourselves. It's okay. But I'm like, today is Monday. And what we're going to pray for today, we're going to pray for family and friends. We got family and friends that know Jesus, some that don't know Jesus. And we're going to call them out by name. And we're going to pray for them today. All right? You can pray for yourself later on today. But today, this is what we're doing collectively. Daily, this is one of the things that we're going to practice. Right? We're praying for teachers. We're praying for leaders. When I moved to the city, I, I didn't know the mayor, so we had to, I said, Google the mayor. If I, who's the mayor? All right, we're praying for him and the staff. All right? This, this is what you have to do. You, you need to hear that. Have, have your children heard you ever pray for the president and the cabinet? Has it ever been out loud? Do you think they need prayer every day? Yes. So th this is what this is getting at, some practical ways for us to do it. We got to continue to do that. Amen? All right, let's jump into the next application. Second one is pray alone. Pray alone. Jesus tells us how to pray and how not to pray in verses 6 and 7, right? And basically, in the how not to pray, he's saying, look, don't pray for the applause. Don't pray for the applause. Don't pray to put on a show, okay? Some people are very gifted with words, and they can use a whole lot. And he's just saying, don't do that. This is what I want. I want prayer to be intimate. I want, I want your prayer to be real. You know, I, I, you're talking to your, your heavenly father. So, I mean, here's something practical right here. Do you have a prayer closet? You're like, what do you mean? You, a literal prayer closet? If y'all saw War Room, yes. In that case, yes. But even if it's not a prayer closet, is there a place that you can go and be, a, be away from all the noise? I don't, it doesn't matter where it is. For some of y'all, your prayer closet might be to walk in your neighborhood. For some of y'all, it's in the car. It's on the car ride to work, you know. Where, where is that place? Um, for some of y'all, it's on your knees in the morning or in your knee, on your knees at night right there at your bed. Where is that place? Because, listen, we really just have an audience of one, right? That's why I love what verse 8 says. Verse 8 is a promise. Verse 8 is a promise to help us avoid praying for the wrong reasons. Why? Because it says your father, your daddy knows what you need before you ask him. See, here's the thing. The way you pray to God alone is actually going to be a reflection of how you sound when you pray out loud. I love to hear people. A lot of times I know about people's relationship with God just by listening to the way that they pray. So I just want to encourage you to make sure that you spend time. Sometimes Jesus got alone and he prayed. Amen. All right. Next application. Here we go. 
Pray the kingdom. Pray the kingdom. We should always be praying the will of God and the mission of God. That should be at the forefront of our minds. You know, our prayer should sound like a pledge of allegiance to the kingdom of God. Right? We've, a lot of us did pledges of allegiance to the United States quite a bit. But here's the thing. The kingdom of God is not ruled by humans. And it truly has liberty and justice for all. Do you know the kingdom? For some of us, like even when we talk about the kingdom, it's just like that's the furthest thing from our minds. We did a whole series on it. Um, we, want to, we want you to talk about it because, listen, that should direct your prayers. That's why Jesus said, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus knows what the kingdom is. Jesus has been preaching the kingdom the whole entire time. Okay? That's why this is a template for prayer. But specifically, are you praying those things out of the kingdom? That's what you should be praying. Because here's the thing. Does the port city need the kingdom of God? Yes. But do our prayers sound like it? Right? God, let your kingdom be done. Let justice be here. Let reconciliation be here. Let us really understand what it means to be made in the image of God. Let me, I'm, I'm going to actually pray freedom over this city. I'm praying healing over this city. I'm praying hope over this city. I'm praying that this city knows the way, that this city understands the truth. That's the kind of stuff that comes out of the kingdom. All right? But notice that in this prayer, Jesus starts his prayer out by adoring the Father. So I think up until this point, when we see prayers, I think this is the first time we actually see, like, this, that phrase, our, he, he started, when his disciples said, Lord, how should we pray? He started it off by saying, Daddy. Wow. Up until this point, like, yeah, people had a relationship with God and everything, but Jesus is starting this thing off by saying it wasn't Lord, it wasn't God, it was Daddy. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to be honest because I know when Jesus says our Father, for a lot of us, this is problematic because a lot of us didn't have earthly fathers in our lives. And then some of us, the relationships that we had with our earthly fathers wasn't the kind that we went to them in this way. It wasn't this intimate. And I know that's difficult. Because what happens to you on an earthly level does impact what happens to you on a spiritual level. All right? But, but here's the thing. Here's what I need you to hear and I need you to grasp. That while, yes, that is your experience, I need you to know the truth. You have an earthly father. Yes. But your heavenly father has always been perfect. He's always been good. We just got finished singing it. Just a few seconds. He's a good Good father. He loves you. He cares for you. He sent his only son to die for you. He wants to hear you. He wants you to, to come into his presence. He wants to know who you are. And that has to be your perspective. And that's why Jesus says you got to fight for that at the beginning of your prayer. You got to understand who God is. You got to understand who your dad is. And you go to that dad in that way. Now, here's the, here's the reason why you do need to sometimes hear other people pray. Because here's the thing. Well, the first time I heard, as I grew in my faith in Christ, the first time I heard someone talk to God in a way like they knew him, I'm like, you're talking to him like you're actually in a relationship with him. You know, the first time I heard that, I, it, didn't make, it made me jealous in a good way. It made me, because here's the thing. He wasn't just talking to his father. 
He was talking to our Father. So the person in this room right now that got the closest relationship with God, you can have that same relationship because he's the same God. Our Father. See, my relationship with my Heavenly Father is what actually restored my relationship with my earthly one. See, in, in addition, when you look at verse 18, when it says, Hallowed be your name, I, I don't want this just to be a phrase. I want this just to be a phrase for us. I want it to be your experience. I want you to know why he's so worthy, why we make such a big deal out of him, why we make such a big deal out of Jesus. I want this to be your experience. I want, I want, that's the reason why when you, when you, I want your praise to be undignified because you understand this dude is worthy. I don't care what, I got my hands up. I don't, I don't care because I understand how worthy he is. Hallowed be his name. This is what Jesus, is, he, he's trying to get us to commune with God in that way. Are y'all, y'all tracking with me today? Amen. All right, let, let, let me go to the next application. I'm getting hyped. All right. Number four, pray with and for others. This one is, this is something. Now, I know you just heard that you should pray alone. Yes, you need to know how to get alone with God, but the, all, the expectation also is that you pray with others. How do we know this? Because we saw Jesus model this. In fact, towards the end of Jesus' life, when he was going through one of the most difficult times in his life, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked for three of his disciples to come along and pray with him. Man. Unfortunately, every three, the three times he tried to pray, they fell asleep. They fell asleep those three times. And you can look at them and be like, man, how y'all going to fall asleep on Jesus? But I'm going to tell you what, I, I, I can confess that I've done this too. I have fell asleep when I know that my brothers and my sisters are going through some of the hardest things they ever went through without praying. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sometimes some of y'all, y'all know, you know who you are when I say this. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night. And instead of pulling out your phone, scrolling through social media, doing this, God was waking you up right then to intercede and to pray for somebody else. But a lot of times, now I'm going back to sleep. This is what Jesus was doing right here. He, even Jesus, the God-man, is saying, pray with me. I need y'all to be with me on this. He understood how important it was. Late in the midnight hour, right? So, so here's something practical for you. Who is your crew? Who, who, who your, who's your starting five when it comes to prayer? You got them? Who, who are the people that you call on when you say, you know what? I'm going through some stuff. I need, I need, I, these are the five people that I need to call right now. And I'm just saying that it don't have to be five. It can be whatever. But the point being is that you need some people that you can call on. It ain't got to be perfect either. Because Jesus, one of those people was one of, one of the people that he had to pray for was somebody he knew was going to deny him later. All right? But he said, come on with me, Peter. Come on, bro. Because I, I can see past your denial. All right? I, I can see what, what, I, what, God, what God has in store for you. Right? See, remember, listen. There's something about us coming together and depending on God and the spirit of God shows up. That's how the early church started. Jesus said, all right, I done taught y'all a lot of stuff theologically. Y'all got all that. But guess what? Y'all going to need some power. So what y'all going to do is you're going to go over here to this temple. You're going to go to the upper room. And what you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to adore him. You're going to tell him how good he is. You, you're going to depend on him. And then the spirit of God came down on these people. 
And, it, and look, that's the beginning of the church. Man, man, we've been walking in that same anointing ever since. Last week, even when Pastor Ethan was preaching, he was, it was, it was a, a, an instance where Peter was in jail and in the church late in the midnight hour was praying and God turned it around and literally broke the chains off of the people. See, the Bible tells us to pray for the body of Christ. Ephesians 6.18 says, make supplication, in other words, for all the saints. Here's the thing, especially for those that are in difficult context. That's why we especially need to be praying for our family that's on the mission field. Our family that's out there in those unreached people groups. All right, They're in those areas where the gospel just hasn't been preached and hasn't been reached. People don't even have access to the gospel. And they're going out there and we need to be praying for them. All right. You, listen, we, we got many avenues for you to continue to do that. We need to be praying for those church planners that we sent out, that the ones that right now, ones in Nashville, the ones that are in Roanoke, we, we need to be praying for them that God would do an amazing work because God, this is what God does. He shows up even here in our inner city, the people that we partner with here in the most difficult parts of our city. There are people that are out there. Are we praying for them? Are we lifting them up? By the way, let me, I just want to shout out our deacons here at our church that are meeting those physical needs in the mercy ministry, people here that are meeting the physical needs of people here in our city, but also the people here in our church. And listen, let me say this, let me be real clear. If you have a physical need here at our church, let us know. We, We can't help you if we don't know, so let us know, because this is the will of God. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we want to see. Amen? But not only should we pray with one another, you should also pray for others. Now, here's something... It's challenging. So Christians, the one another's, should we only be praying for Christians? No. Jesus said, pray for your enemies, those that despitefully use you. There's like a little sub-application in here. Pray for your enemies. Now, here's the thing. I believe that Jesus has given every Christian a ministry of reconciliation. The reason why you have a ministry of reconciliation is because God reconciled you to him first. So he says, so if anybody ought to understand reconciliation, it ought to be a person that's a Christian. Why? Because God took enemies and made him his family. So when you apply that, that vertical reconciliation horizontally, you have reconciliation. So let me ask you a question. Who is your enemy? Some of y'all, I don't don't have no enemies. When I looked on social media, it looked like you got enemies. Are you praying for them? Can I get real for a minute? Some of y'all, your enemies are liberals. Have you been praying for them? For some of y'all, your enemies are conservatives. Have you been praying for them? For some of y'all, your enemy is racist people. Have you been praying for them? For some of y'all, it's your professors. Have you been praying for them? Who was the last enemy that you prayed for? Yeah, man, I'm pretty good. I, don't, I ain't on social media. I don't do that. But trust me, you're going to be driving on Market Street, and there's going to be an enemy you're going to find on there, all right? So, you, you, yeah, you need to do that. So here's the thing. Do we need our enemies to change? Do we need our enemies to change? Yes. Who can change our enemies? Only one person, Jesus. He's the only person. Listen, the early church had an enemy. Guess what his name was? His name was Saul. He was murdering Christians. Christians were being killed, and he was excited about it because he thought he was doing God's will. But guess what God did? God knocked them off his high horse. God brought the church in. 
God saved this brother, and this brother went from making the church suffer to suffering for the church. He wrote most of the New Testament suffering unjustly in jail, writing letters to the church where we get most of our Bible today, where I'm quoting most of this, an enemy, an enemy. Listen, if you're under the sound of my voice right now, you haven't given your life to Christ, let me help you understand something right now. There's nobody that calls themselves a Christian, no one in this room. All of us were born into sin. All of us were enemies to God. We were objects of his wrath. And the only way that we became Christians is because God, through grace, through faith, gave his son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be saved. We were all enemies. God can save you. God wants to save you. That's the only way to be saved. So I just want to encourage you to trust this God right now. And that's why we need to be praying more for our enemies than anything else. Amen? Amen. So listen, pray with others. Pray with your team. Pray for others. I know it's tough right now. If it's FaceTime, if it's Zoom, if it's on a phone call, if you can stay safe in your house and do it, whatever you do, pray, pray, pray. Here's something practical that you can do as well. Um, I, I was talking to to our discipleship director, Trevor Forbes, and he was telling me that one of his friends, one of the things he does, he's created these things called prayer triggers, okay? So in other words, I know basically that there are things that I can do in my daily routine that help me remember to pray. So for him, he said, like, for example, one of his friends says that every time he brushes his teeth, okay, and that should be Several times a day, right? All right, let's keep our breath fresh. All right? In the morning, at night, maybe after some meals, I don't know. But he, when, he's, when he brushes his teeth, he says, I'm praying during that time. It's, a, it's, that, it's that trigger. For some people, it, when that siren, when you hear that siren in your neighborhood, you know, I'm, I'm stopping, I'm taking five minutes, and I'm going to pray. It might be a prayer trigger for you to do things. But you can create your own kind of prayer triggers for wherever, wherever you need it, right? I know um, one, of the, one of the other young ladies in our church says that whenever she's with a believer, she never leaves that conversation without praying. You know, that, that's the one for her. So I don't know what it might be, but I want you to just learn how to do that with others. Amen? All right, another application. The fifth one, pray and confess. It's out of James 5.16. Now, in those prayer models, you saw confession come up a lot. You saw repent or confess. You saw something come up a lot. In the Lord's Prayer, in verse 12, Jesus says, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. So listen, we're first sinners, then we're sinned against, okay? But how often do we talk about our sin? Look at, look at uh, James 5, 16. It says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Did you understand that your healing is connected to confession and prayer? The people that are walking around with the most freedom and the most healing in their life are the people that have confessed their sins to God and to one another and they seal it in prayer. One of the most practical things you can do is reduce your commentary on things and increase your confession on things. Because here's the thing. I need you to be healed. Your spouse needs you to be healed. Your community needs you to be healed. Your city needs you to be healed. When you're healed, it's a blessing for everybody, right? That's why in verse 13, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How does that happen? How does God actively work out delivering us from our temptation and keeping us from the evil one? 
is through repentance. That's from listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help guide you and direct you. Listen, God said, I will always provide a way of escape for temptation. But that comes from you listening to God's spirit, from you hearing from him so that he can direct you and lead you. Listen, husbands, let me go ahead and give y'all one right quick. Um, and this is for me because <laughs> I'm a husband. All right. First Peter 3, 7, it says this. Listen to this. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Whoa. So you mean to tell me if I don't treat my wife right, I can pray as much as I want to and as deep as I want to and try. you ain't hearing my prayers? No, nope, I'm not hearing your prayers. There's things that hinder prayers. There's several things. But most importantly is, this, is you not, it's us when we don't listen to the Spirit of God. And here's the thing. You can do it. <laughs> you can listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you. Right, church? Now, here's the last application right here, um, because here's one of the things that hinders a lot of our prayers right here is when we lack faith. So the last thing is this. Pray with faith. I love faith-filled prayers. Have y'all been around somebody that knows how to pray in faith? Huh? When was the last time you've been around somebody that expects God to move the mountains? They're like, that's who my God is. I don't know who you think he is, but I'm telling you who he is. He moves mountains. Look at, Jesus said, pray like that. Look at verse 22. It says, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he, what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. See, a lot of times we think the problem is how big the ask is, but the problem actually is our doubt. See, usually the bigger the problem, the bigger the doubt that we have. But who's bigger, God or our mountains? Who's bigger? Here's what I want you to do practically. Here's something you can even do right now. You can put it in your phone or you can jot it down. Just write down right now, right now, what the biggest mountain is in your life. What is the, the biggest obstacle that you're facing right now? Here's the thing. What I want you to do, just like Jesus, I want you to go to your father. I want you to go to your father. I want you to cast those cares on him. I want you to write it down. I want you to trust him in those things. And here's the thing. Your crew that's starting five, share that with them too. And let's believe God for this because Jesus just said we should, right? See, listen, the, the, the goal of this series, church, is that we grow in dependence on our posture with God, that we seek and experience his presence, right? that you are encountering God's power and all that happens through practicing this. And you practice it by believing and trusting who he is in faith. I'll share this with you before we pray. Uh, Pastor Reese and myself, you know, I found out when I was just asking the staff, hey, I, I share with me some answered prayers, by the way, because some of y'all, y'all need to, one, Next time you have a conversation with a believer, ask them, what kind of prayers have God answered? 
Because that's some of one of the things that remind you of how good your father is, right? And when I asked this question, I heard something from Pastor Reese that I didn't realize that we had in common. Um, both of us became believers before our earthly fathers became believers. And he, and he talked about that journey in, in, in basically just sharing his faith with, with his father. Same thing that I did from a, uh, my freshman year in college. And even though it was many years later, and I think it was the same thing with Pastor Reese, you know, it was many years later, for us, like, believing that your dad, for some of us, believing our family would come to faith in Christ. For some of y'all right now, to believe that your dad would be going hard for Jesus, that's like a mountain for you. You're like, there's no way in the world that would ever happen. But we trusted God and we believe God in faith. And God saved both of our fathers. And both of our fathers went hard for Jesus. So I just want to encourage you, church. Have faith in God. Have faith in what he tells, tells us to do. Amen? Pray with me. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, that you place it on our heart, Lord, to, to pray daily, God, that our prayers be our intimate, Lord, Lord, that we're able to confess in our prayers, Lord, that we're able to follow you, Holy Spirit, that we hear from you in that, Jesus, that you bring people around us, Lord, that love you and have a relationship with you, Jesus. Lord, we need you. We want to grow more, Father, in our relationship with you, God. We want to experience your presence and your power, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that our church, Lord, can walk away from this series, Lord, who will be known in this city as a people of prayer. Have your way, God. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yours is the kingdom power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name.